listening to Courtside Convo, your source for the latest news, analysis, and discussions on the NBA. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Courtside Convo. I'm your host, Bobby Zephro, here with co-host Carter Landis and Liam Jackson. And if you haven't noticed by now, you should get out from under your rock because the trade deadline was yesterday. A whole lot of moves happened. We're going to touch on some of the bigger ones from yesterday, starting with one that a lot of people did not see coming. The Chicago Bulls have acquired Nikola Vucevic and Al Farouk Aminu from the Orlando Magic in exchange for Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr., and two first-round picks. So, guys, I mean, the Bulls, not only that, you know, they've made some other moves as well. Um, How do you see... Nikola Vucevic really making an impact for this team because he was an all-star this year or was it, it was this year yeah two times yeah yes. I don't know how recent but I know it was like 2018 or 19 he was an all-star yeah so right? yeah. yeah either way year. yeah Chicago I mean they're getting a two-time all-star too to pair with Zach Levine I mean that's pretty big what are your guys' thoughts on the acquisition of Mr. Vucevic for the Bulls it's uh it's two teams with multiple all-stars in the east now the Brooklyn Nets and the Chicago Bulls uh with this move, it seems pretty clear that the Bulls are intent on speeding up their rebuild. The Bulls are not a team that would like to spend a lot of years in the lottery. Uh, bringing in uh, Arturis Karsinovis, who did a good job over in Denver building that team. He's already putting together a pretty solid roster. I mean, that draft pick of Patrick Williams, he's been one of the more solid rookies. You go out and get a guy like Vucevic. You move on from Wendell Carter, who never really lived up to what they thought he was going to do. They shed that terrible Otto Porter contract. Uh, and he, you know, he didn't play that much either. Uh, this is a great move for the Bulls. I mean, they have a roster that is still pretty young, uh, with Levine obviously being an all-star and being one of the top stars in the league. Kobe White's a good player. Uh, they have Patrick Williams, as I said. Uh, Laurie Markin, I think, is another one of those guys who uh, they they have expected a little more out of, and he hasn't really done that. But I think Vucevic adding, you know, one of the best centers in the league. That puts them in the conversation. I think that they're pretty solidly in the playoffs now. I think that this is a season that they looked at at the beginning of the year as maybe they wanted to just kind of hang back, maybe get another lottery pick, and maybe go for it next year. I think Arturis Carsonovas said, we're going to move this along a little bit. We're getting a, we're getting a guy who's going to be an absolute uh, cornerstone of this franchise, him and Levine. Yeah, I, I agree. At first, I wasn't sure about the deal, but once I – looked into it and um, I kind of came to my senses and realized they just got an all-star for the hall wasn't too big for the for the Bulls and in an in an east that's it's it's solid it's better than it has been but it's still open and there's still spots to be had in the playoffs and uh, Vucevic's deal isn't horrible it's a pretty friendly deal it's a uh, just like the he's getting paid less um, and less by each year so and at Gives them room to sign a third, a, another another big big name player, and it is Chicago too. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty big market, and I think um, one of the more important aspects of this deal is how Boston and, and and maybe even Charlotte really missed out on a player like that, like Vucevic, that they could really use right now, especially Boston, the team that in, intends on uh, competing for a championship, and and there's still a lot of holes on that team. Vucevic would have helped. Like massively in that team, that would have been huge, a huge gift for them. And I think Danny Ainge really dropped the ball on that one. And Charlotte isn't as big, big of a deal, especially now that Lamelo's hurt. And it's still a young team, and they're still not where Boston is. But that would have been a big that, in the same way that Vucevic sped up Chicago's rebuild, it would have sped up uh, Charlotte's as well. But all in all, I think it's a good move for the Bulls, like you said. And and it's gonna be fun to watch that. That's gonna be a fun offense to watch. Um, Hopefully for years to come, those two stay together and maybe, you never know, maybe AD wants to be the face of a team that's a championship team and he comes back home to Chicago and he plays with them. So you never know. That could, that could, help, that could help make that a more enticing place to play. Yeah, the Bulls are sitting at the 10 seed right now. They're 19 and 24, so they're in that play-in game. But I right. think Vucev- adding Vucevic, that will push them over the top. There's another trade I guess we'll probably talk about with Chicago, I would assume. Yeah, we will get to that. But yeah, you look you just touched on it, Carter. That's the biggest thing about this year. It kind I you know, sometimes I'm thinking about the playoff race, I kind of forget about the playoff, like you know the well the play mm-hmm. in. 
Yeah, with the Bulls being at that 10 spot and looking at their schedule, I mean, they've got a lot of Western Conference opponents this next four-game slate. Or I guess you could look at the next five. They're on the road for all of them except the last one, San Antonio, Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, and then Brooklyn at home. So that's a little, you know, five-stretch, five-game stretch right there that, you know, I'll be very curious to see because, you know, when guys are traded to a team, you know, they they normally take at least like a game or two to, you know, kind of fall into the system. I mean, Vucevic, I would hope he knows that he's going to the Bulls to, you know, become a, like, you know, the second guy behind Levine. I would I would assume he knows that, but I'm just gonna, I would love to see. I would really watch these five games for the Bulls because he would be able to play tomorrow, wouldn't he? Because that's their next game. I don't know, like the whole deal with like players being out due to trades, you know, like how long it takes them to get back. But even then, you know, if he sits out for San Antonio, those four games at Golden State, at Phoenix, at Utah versus Brooklyn is against pretty good competition. And I would be very curious to see. I'm I'm actually going to watch some Bulls games now, believe it or not. I'm very curious to see how this will shake up, you know, the East especially. And Chicago, their offensive rating right now is in the middle of the pack. They're at 109 on the dot. And Vucevic will definitely help improve that. So moving on to the next big trade we have highlighted here. AG Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark to the Nuggets in exchange for Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a first round pick. Boys. AG to the Nuggets, eh? Yeah. Um, I'm I'm a believer in Aaron Gordon. He's still young, 25. Um, and this is the Nuggets team who made the, the Western Conference Finals last year and um just ran into the Lakers, obviously, kind of a buzzsaw. But this is the, this is a player if he reaches his potential, he's a freak athlete. He's been like he's able to knock down a shot, he can get to the basket, and I think Mike Blum get real creative with him, Jamal Murray and Jokic, they can run some some tough things to defend. That's a very versatile offense. Um, Paul Millsap is aging, and um, there's a spot there at the four that maybe they don't – maybe I don't know if he's going to play with Michael Porter or not, but maybe um, uh, give Michael Porter even more time to, to settle in and, and not force him into that starting lineup. But for the for the Magic, too, I think this is a pretty good – I think they they really are finally on the right track, rebuilding, trading boost, which like we talked about before, now Gordon – Grabbing uh three first round picks out of two players and uh and R J Hampton and Gary Harris are, are still uh, R J Hampton being a rookie and Gary Harris still relatively young those are solid players as well so I think both sides win and I'm excited to watch that offense now and hope that the, I'm I'm hoping the Nuggets can make a run and Gordon can help them. I think this is exactly what uh, the Nuggets needed to do especially because they're still not sitting well in the West. Or well, I guess they've moved up now. I guess they have. Ha! <laughs> well, uh, but uh, that's exactly what they needed to do. They needed to be buyers at the deadline. They went out and got one of the top names uh, out there. Um, also, did you see every player named Gary in the NBA was traded? Really, Gary Clark, Gary Harris, and Gary Trent. Yeah, we'll get to Gary Trent. But right. uh, Aaron Gordon becoming you know that third or fourth option in Orlando. That's a guy who gets you fourteen and six, and for that being your fourth option or third or fourth option. Doesn't really matter. That's that's good production. I mean, you slot him in that four, and like you said, I think that was one of like their weaker, their one of their softer spots was that power forward position. I think they can swap. You know, Gordon plays the three or the four, no matter what, and then Porter can play both positions. Uh, but you've got two super athletic guys at those wing spots now. Uh, their shooting guard position. I know they just moved on from Gary Harris. Is it Will Barton? He's still there. Will Barton, and then yeah. Monty Morris plays a little bit. Morris with Jamal can play Murray. a little combo guard. Murray, yeah. Murray plays off the ball too sometimes when they yeah. have composite mm-hmm. win. So yeah, so they, I they think mix it up a lot. That's the thing is, yeah, like you said, I think Mike Malone has a lot of uh, things he can do creatively now with Aaron Gordon. Um, and for the and for the Magic too, that's a thing that they needed to do. I mean, I'm glad they finally kind of looked the rebuild in the face and said, yeah, it's time to accept it. Because they were a playoff team a couple of years. They were on this year, and then they were, I think, the year before they were also a playoff team. Mm-hmm. 
They won. They but they were eight seed back to back years, and I think they took they took the, the first game. The first game. <laughs> they took one from, lost four yeah. to one. I'm pretty sure yeah. both that's years. Right. Augustine hit the game winner against Toronto, and then they beat the Bucks last year. I think that's the best thing you can ask from them. <laughs> yeah. But um, R.J. Hampton, I like that for them a lot. I think that's a guy who can really be a good player, and I think Orlando's the perfect spot for him to do it. I mean, getting drafted to a team that. You know, was going to make a playoff run, uh, was not really great for him because he wasn't going to get a whole lot of run. Uh, so going to Orlando for RJ Hampton is good. Gary Harris, that's my guy. You know, Michigan State guy. What? We love him. Um, he should get his numbers there now too. I mean, it's it's basically it's him on that team, and that's it, right? Like Terrence Ross, him and Terrence Ross, mm-hmm. and they're like their best players. The now. new captain, Terrence Ross. Yeah, they'll be exactly. They'll be. <laughs> I'm excited to see how that team looks next year with Fultz and Isaac back, and hopefully Bamba gets more playing time. Oh, I hope so. Gosh, I've been wanting that for so long. Yeah, I, I mean, mean they have they have some exciting players. I just hope they play them. Like I, I think, thought, Shaq West was going to propel Mo Bamba into a rotation <laughs> somewhere, but yeah, he. Sh- I mean, he should even his rookie year. He was only playing like 12 minutes a game. It's like and. And you draft the guy, and yes, he sits behind uh, he sits behind Vucevic, and it's like the thing is when they drafted Mobamba, I was like, okay, they're probably gonna move on from Vucevic, you know, he's gonna go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But then they signed him to an extension like the next year, and I was like, what's the point of that? Right. It's good for it's good for Orlando though. They're they're they've sold off their vets, they've compiled a couple picks, and now they're gonna let their young guys play, and that's exactly how you got to start a rebuild. Um, I don't know what that means for Steve Clifford being the coach there now because he's he's kind of a coach that you have there for getting to the playoffs and seeing what you can do. He's a really good defensive coach, too. Uh, but uh, looks like it's we're starting a new age in Orlando. Yeah, I mean, just by scanning the NBA Twitter, it seemed like, like you said, the Magic fans were ready for, for a rebuild. They were kind of tired of, you know, making, you know, seven, eight seed, and then, like we said, you know, win the first game and then lose four straight. NBA so, purgatory. Exactly. It's, but, um... The fact that the Nuggets now have Aaron Gordon, I think, is going to be, like you guys said, a good addition. But I think it's going to be a great addition because, one, these guys, the pace that the Nuggets play at is very slow. Well, slow compared to other NBA teams. They're at about 99.3 possessions per 48, and that is second to last, tied with L- with the Clippers and the Knicks being last with 98.3. So you like you said, you know, with Michael Porter Jr. and with Aaron Gordon running those wings, I mean, who do you want to dish it to? <laughs> like at, the, at that point. And you know, we've we've talked about it a few episodes, you know, the hole that Jeremy Grant left on this Nuggets team. Obviously, Aaron Gordon, I don't think it's Jeremy Grant, but the things that he can do, I think fit in you know, well with Denver, especially when talking about that void that was missed because you've got, you know, Jeremy Grant was an athletic wing defender. You know, they had him when he was in Denver shoot a lot of catch and shoot threes. And I know they would let him drive to the rim a lot. So Aaron Gordon can do those things as well. I heard somewhere I have to find the exact stat, but Aaron Gordon's actually shooting right around 40% on catch and shoot threes. Mostly from the corner, too. So, Ooh, I see those advanced, advanced stats. I we think, need those. Uh, spot. I, I think if as long as you have Murray and, and Jokic healthy playing well, and then you can just stick whoever around them, that's going to be a good offense. And then, like you said, they needed someone who can – like, they have Porter, but they need – like, they just need bucket getters, I think, because, like you said, they, they play a little slow. So, if they're not capitalizing on those – on the lower number of possessions, then they're kind of in trouble. But I think, like, yeah, I think Gordon will be – well, I think he's going to thrive thrive there. There's a whole lot that they can do with him. Like, you yeah, know, you could, run exciting. These, you could run those backdoor cuts for him, throw him lobs. Mm-hmm. You can let him shoot the ball, too. He can. He's a decent shooter, too. You can give him right. post-up he's, opportunities. He's definitely improved, too, since he's been in the league at shooting. Yeah. yeah you want to talk about tough offenses to guard. That's it's right up there with the best of them now, I think. that's you, uh, There's a lot, like, so much versatility. And, uh, like, when, when your MVP candidate is a seven-foot-tall center that can pass, like, better than 99% of the guards in the league. Like, <laughs> Then you have guys like that around him. It's fun to watch, and it's extremely hard to guard. So, yeah, Not fun. only that, Jokic is, I when I last checked, he was about three and a half free throw percentage points away from being in the freaking 50-40-90 <laughs> club. 
Jeez. as a seven footer. Yeah, sometimes when I'm watching him play, I he he passed up on a lot of open threes, which I I get that's how he plays. But sometimes I kind of want him to shoot a little more because he can make that shot. Exactly, but he's shooting he is, at about a forty percent clip. Gosh. Yeah, I he's mean, very very patient. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> and if you watch the shots he, he takes nuts. out, like that Sam Borshoff when he shoots off the wrong foot and he's yeah. making fifty percent of his. Yeah, I don't. He's he's just. It's like a little so Jokic fun. spice he's on the unreal. Dirk fade. I know what shot yeah, you're talking yeah. about. Leo. Yeah, off the wrong, off the wrong leg, hand in his face, and it's like a rainbow. It doesn't touch the rim. You know what they say: hand in the face is a waste sometimes. So, Houston, 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 moving two-time All-Star guard Victor Oladipo to the Heat in exchange for Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and a draft swap. I believe that was all that was included. I could check that, but because that just seems almost not real. Like, yeah, <laughs> that like Josh, I'm pretty sure it was Josh. So I know someone said it in our group chat, how Pat Riley fleeced again, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I'm almost speechless. Like you get a guy, a former number two pick, two time all star for a Big Mac meal and, you know, a large drink. What do you guys think about this move? And especially because we know Houston didn't get much in return. How do you guys think Victor Oladipo will impact this Miami Heat team? For a team that's trying to rebuild, getting a draft swap as your best draft asset with two established veteran players is really not something that makes a whole lot of sense to me. Like, it's very clear that Houston is trying to offload guys that will impact their record, as in they moved on from James Harden, they moved on from Westbrook. I saw a rumor they might buy out John Wall. P.J. Uh, Tucker. Yeah. Getting oh, rid yeah, of, they did get rid of Tucker. Get rid yeah. of P.J. Tucker, traded him to Milwaukee. Uh, it was obviously the worst-kept secret that Victor Oladipo wanted to be in Miami. Uh, I think this helps Miami get to uh, – they're going to be back uh, as a – deep playoff threat now, especially if Oladipo can stay healthy. That's another yeah, that's another guard that can create and score for them. Um, he could play a little bit of point there, I think, with uh, I think Dragic is like their main point guard there. I know they have Hero can facilitate a little bit too. Mm-hmm. But they run had... with none a lot now too. They do run with, yeah, okay. They got none at the starting point guard in the depth chart. He he can re- he's more of a scoring guard, isn't he? He's more of yeah, a they, scoring guard they, than they he's kinda, a facilitator. They have a lot of guys who can like Jimmy will Bring it Jimmy, up yeah, they don't Jimmy have, they don't, uh, they have a lot of guys that can bring that ball up and create tr- him. Bam, now that Drogic yeah. doesn't play as much, you don't have a true, true point guard. So yeah, well, plus in today's NBA, I mean, shoot, like we were talking about, you've got seven footers bringing up the ball now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it really, that's something I think the NBA or like I guess analysts are a little too fixated on. Like honestly, positions. They matter, but like it's just for stats, basically. Like, I like, that's I one of the like, only reasons they matter. Like, sometimes I don't mind not having a real point guard and more versatility on defense too. If, if you, it's like, like if if they if like the nugget if the Nuggets wanted to, I know we're not talking about the Nuggets, but like they don't need a point guard. They could just run their they have someone bring it up, give it to Jokic at the free throw line, and start from there. They don't need a point guard to exactly. initiate the offense. So and Eric Spolstra's never been that guy. Like he's never really had like a true like he's never really played like real positions, you know. Like even yeah. in those Miami days, like he's never really had like one of those like real big men. I know Chris, he had Chris Bosh, but Bosh was he was a stretch four. Yeah, he was never that you know throw it to him in the post and and go work down low. He was he can shoot it outside and definitely he could rebound. We know about you know one of the most <laughs> famous offensive rebounds yeah. of all time. I mean he's got Bam now. They kind of run and Bam, a lot yeah, of like that's what I was thinking. I was like yeah. Bam is Bam is like that six nine six ten forward but he's become more of a point forward yeah i think that yeah. the i think that the traditional five positions have kind of kind of gone away a little bit there's a couple for some left. teams but i think that yeah for the most all in all they're yeah. on the, they're on their way out but yeah. like it's just so questionable for the the rockets you get avery bradley who's you know well beyond being the impact player that he was before yeah <laughs> <laughs> kelly olenek is good but like what do you get out of that you know like if you're you're a team that's trying to rebuild, get younger guys, and start a new regime, basically like Orlando is, but they're not doing it right. What? I don't understand. I just don't. I just don't get that. If that's all they got was a draft swap for a two-time All Star, who obviously they didn't need on that team, but you didn't get a whole lot. What I what I took from this for on the Rockets side more than anything was like when the initial trade. 
when the initial like Old Depot and Harden trade happened, I was confused on why they chose Old Depot over Levert. Because in my opinion, I think Levert is. I like Levert a little bit more than Old Depot right now when he's younger. He's I younger. Think it fits. He's quote unquote healthier. We know he had yeah. the the kidney yeah. issue, but like now it, that he's back, he's he's gonna start playing well again. Yeah. So it, yeah, I, I know. What you, yeah. Like he fits what the Rockets are doing more than Old Depot did, and then they held on to Old Depot to the literal last second and got this. So I don't, I, I don't. I mean, it was it makes sense that they got that they parted ways, but I just feel like they could have done so much better. Like for what they got, the Harden Hall was for Houston was just not impressive enough no. for me. And this, and this was just the cherry on top. You always but. see those trades that are like you always see like what teams are asking for for stars. Mm-hmm. Like they want two, they want two young guys, they want two first round picks, they want a, a second round pick too, and then and then they get this. Yeah, I mean, I, not to say not right. to say that like Oladipo is, is is worth all that at this point in his career. Yeah, but, I think the Rockets said was, they wanted like a young a young star and a first rounder for at least for Oladipo, and they got over two. Yeah, yeah. You <laughs> yeah. didn't even get a first round pick. You the got draft swap's not going to matter unless unless it's picks that I don't unless they're like other teams' picks. But the the Heat are going to be better than the Rockets anyway, so they're yeah. not going to use that. But for the Heat, that's huge for them. Like uh, Oladipo, we were talking about it in the group message, but we just, he hasn't been himself since the injury. But what better place to go than Miami and Pat Riley in that Heat system and and rejuvenate his career, like playing with guys like Jimmy Butler, who is playing like one of the best players in the league right now and then he's just obviously everyone like Jimmy Butler's Jimmy Butler he's going to get you to work he's going to get you to play well so I'm I'm excited for them and um other than the Nets now in the entire NBA now that AD and LeBron are hurt this is the most wide open I think it's been in in years and I think it it's exciting and I'm excited for the playoffs and I think the Heat started off slow but now they're they're working their way back and this is a move that can I don't, I'm not gonna say they. I think they can make a conference finals, but it's it's a move that makes them. It makes it interesting in the playoffs. The team you obviously don't want to play like they made the finals last year, but it's definitely. Uh, there's another guy you can also if they match up with Brooklyn, another guy you can throw on one of those three that every yeah. team needs in the East and yeah. whoever comes out of the West. So it's huge, and they gave up like you said, basically nothing for him. So I like. Yeah. I just wanted to touch on, too, for Oladipo. I said it in the group message. I think especially him going to a culture like Miami, you know, just like it's all about winning. It's If you're not there to win, then go home. So, you know, I feel like they definitely wouldn't, you know, if Oladipo still isn't 100%, they'll be, you know, it's not like Miami's going to force him to play. They want to win. So if that means maybe sacrificing Oladipo for a game or two, you know, or like resting him on back-to-backs or whatnot, then that's what they'll do, you know? So I I really like this move by Miami. And just looking at their top 10 players on the depth chart, like their first line and their second line, their starting lineup right now on ESPN is Kendrick Nunn, Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Iguodala, Bam Adebayo, with the second line being Dragic, Hero, Duncan Robinson, Trevor Ariza, and Precious Achiwa. I, think- I mean, that's a pretty good top 10 players, you know, pretty good two lines you've got going there. I was going to say, the fact that they got him and didn't have to give up any of none, Hero, or Duncan Robinson, which I thought for sure, if they made any trade like this, like for either Old Depot or if they happened to trade it for Lowry, one of the, I thought at least one of those guys were gone, but to keep all three of them, that's like, I can't, like you said, to go through that 10, that's, they're, they're, that's huge. They have 10 guys that you can trust and you can play um, in most teams. If not, if if any, I don't know if any other team has ten guys like that on their roster. We know that Oladipo is obviously you know not what he used to be, but the thing about him is he's going to work his tail off. Like that's the thing about Oladipo is he started off you know in the league and he wasn't the number two pick that everyone expected him to be. But him getting back to Indiana those first couple of years, he played his way to All Star level. They took LeBron to the absolute brink and. Yeah, obviously he's not that same player, but you know he's not as athletic. He still had some pretty good games this season, I think. You know he's he's not the athlete that he used to be defensively. He's still a little bit slow, 
but it's never going to be for a lack of effort. And I think that having Oladipo and Jimmy Butler, two of the guys who are going to work the hardest in the league, that's going to be some intense stuff on that team. And uh, if the playoffs ended today, the Heat sit in the seven seeds. So you know, oh, wait, that's oh, I forgot about the play-in game. Ha! The seven seed is the play-in game, too. So they would play Boston. I think they wouldn't have any problems with Boston. So if they win against them, then they play the two seed, who's the Bucks. And that is a little bit of their kryptonite. Ooh, so, yeah, I'll say we saw what happened last year. Yeah. Ooh. Bucks are Bucks are playing really, really well now. Yes, they they are. turned it mm-hmm. back on. Watch that Philly game a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Or was it last week? Oh my goodness. Yeah, Giannis is Giannis is looks like he's on a mission right now. He is not. He's he's him. playing himself back. He's not gonna they're not gonna give him the MVP again, but he is putting up MVP numbers again. Yeah. Indeed. So we've got one more highlighted on here. The Toronto Raptors sending whoop. Not trading Kyle Lowry. They are sending Norman Powell to the Portland Trailblazers in exchange for Junkyard Dog, Gary Trent Jr., and Rodney Hood. I mean, Norman Powell has been playing sensational these last like few, probably like 10, 15 games. He's having a career year, right around 20 points a game. You add that to a backcourt with Dame and CJ. But, I mean... Norman Powell's probably going to come off the bench is what they were saying, which I mean, even if you even if he doesn't, you know, you could still play Norman Powell's big enough and athletic enough. So you could start Lillard, McCollum and Norman Powell and those top three. That's a lot of scoring punch right there. So what do you guys think about Powell to Toronto and Trent and Hood to the Raptors? Um, I love Powell as a player, but for the trade. I don't know, it just confuses me because Trent is younger and I know that Portland fans said or they were afraid that they wouldn't be able to pay him, but Powell's not Powell's not has a player option too this year. So they're gonna have to pay him if they want him probably because he's played better than what he's being paid right now. So I mean, I think he might be a slight upgrade over Trent, but the give Trent and Hood, I don't really like it that much. And I think they could have if they're going to package Trent Hood and someone else, I think they should have went after Aaron Gordon. I think that's a bigger need for them because obviously they have their backcourt's already one of the best in the NBA. And they already that Trent coming off the bench behind Dame and CJ, I thought was fine. I didn't think they, I'm, I was just surprised. I didn't think they needed to upgrade that. I thought they were, there's other problems in that roster that they need, they, they could focus on. And Aaron Gordon would have filled a big hole uh, for them. So, I mean, I love Norm, I love Norm Powell. I think he's very, very underrated and he's a great player. So I'm not dissing him, but I just think that the trail. I think this was a confusing move for me. Yeah, I think that Norman Powell can do like a slight bit more with scoring the ball than Gary Trent Jr. But I think if you have both those guys shooting, I think Gary Trent's a better shooter. Um, and with Gary Trent being in Portland, I thought it was going to be like I thought that maybe. Portland would have thought about moving CJ McCollum and then because they because they felt okay with Gary Trent sliding into that role um I think that Powell will probably do that now if they still want to move on from um from McCollum if they wanted to do that but uh yeah I agree with you a little bit that I don't know about this move because like Gary Trent Jr. has been pretty dang good this season and Powell has too um but yeah the backcourt you're just basically you're I this kind of feels like a lateral move for Portland, that is. And I know Toronto uh, isn't great this season. They might be looking to offload a couple guys. They don't look like they're going to try to get back into the playoff contention this year, maybe grab a top pick or something. They might tear it down. I mean, they're trying to, you know, they're trying to get Lowry out of there. Uh, they just sent Powell out of there. They they traded Matt Thomas, too, the shooter. Mm-hmm. I know. That's I like not, that yeah. for Utah. I know that's not, I, I, I know that's not, you know, really anything, but uh, Utah's just trying to hoard every shooter in the NBA right now. I saw exactly. a thing about, I saw a thing about um, Pascal Siakam going at Nick Nurse in the locker room, too. So there's probably, a, there's probably a little dysfunction in that organization. Um, I, yeah, I agree with you in the sense that this trade doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, I mean, both Powell and Trent are good, but this just kind of feels like a lateral move at a position that Portland didn't really need to make a change at. It kind of felt like they they were they went into the day thinking we had to do something, mm-hmm. and yeah. at the end they were just like, "All right, this is the best we can bit. do." Not to say Powell's a bad player. No, 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 he's a very good player, but he's so a, is Trent. Yeah, and Hood's, awesome Hood's not here. bad. Like he's had moments in the he's had moments too for them. Remember that one 
yeah, think a couple years in ago the playoffs, in the playoffs against the Nuggets, they had yeah. like three overtimes. Mm-hmm. And he, he was just he was big for them and wheeling and dealing that yeah, game. I, like Hood isn't a bad player either. He's just like I, don't, I mean I'm not losing sleep over losing losing him, but uh-huh. it, to give up both of them to get a, maybe a slight upgrade over Trent, I just yeah I don't know. Powell was always a guy like. In the a uh, couple of years ago, you know, he didn't play a whole lot, but he, whenever he did play, he was scoring a lot. Like he could shoot the, you know, he could shoot. Because like ball. Toronto has like ten of those guys. Yeah, you're like, oh wow, where'd that guy come from? It's because Masai Ujiri, he's yeah. a wizard, man. He he's, <laughs> he can scout players. And their coaching staff is one of the best in the NBA, if not the best. Right I used now. to talk about how much I love Toronto, like the way their team was built and what they would do. I thought last year they were better than they were when they won the title, but then that. That turned out to hmm. not be true because they didn't have a guy to go to like Kawhi. I was about to say they didn't have the cyborg over there. And just a little side note on Norman Powell. Over his last 10 games, 25.8 points per. 53.8% from the field, 453 from three. Yeah, he is on a tear right now. And, yeah. And, but I wonder yeah. if the change of scenery might, you know... Mess with the mojo he's got could. going a little bit. Because, you know, could. Tampa, t- well, this year, yeah. you know, the Tampa Bay Raptors, that's a long way from <laughs> Portland. So, but yeah. As far as you can get almost. <laughs> I definitely agree with your point where it's just like Portland because they've always, they've been like the last few years just hovering around like that four to eight line in the West. And yeah, I think they just felt pressured from whoever just to go out there and do something. Which, I mean, we'll see how this turns out, especially in the future, because like Carter was saying, I also like Gary Trent Jr. a lot, especially what he's been doing this season. But, I mean, Toronto got Toronto got a good young player, and the Portland Trailblazers got a great player in the now, you know? So I don't, I think that this year they, it might be a sign that they're not really willing to wait. I think they're seeing that their championship window is closing, Especially, I don't know how old Dame is. He's got to be close to 30, 29. CJ, probably right around there, if not a little younger. Mm -hmm. So I think that this move was in response to them seeing that that tandem is coming. I mean, it's not, obviously it's not over, but, you know, once a guy gets to like, you know, 30, 31, I mean, they're just... They're normally not the same player when they were, you know, 22, 23. That's just, you know, that's just genetics. That's just biology. But I think that an interesting lineup, like at the end of a game, they could throw out would be Dame, CJ, Powell, and then Derek Jones and Nurkic. I think that'd be fun to watch. So it would be, yeah. And a lot of shooting and, and athleticism. I'm excited for Nurkic to come back and see that team with him. It feels like he's always hurt, but. When he's out there, he makes a huge impact, and I think he's underrated. Yeah, when talking about positions, I don't need I don't need a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. I need five guys who can go out there and get it done. And especially, that, yeah, especially at the end of a game, I was gonna say that lineup that you just mentioned will probably get it done. You know, at the end yeah. of games. So, and we also, you know, we had a lot of other trades going on throughout the NBA. We just highlighted those first four. Were there any on this? Doc, or maybe one not on this doc that could have been before the trade deadline. Like I know the PJ Tucker deal happened before the trade deadline. Um, was there anything you guys specifically wanted to highlight? Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about PJ Tucker, about how any team really needed a guy like PJ Tucker. You know, a guy who can defend, who can hit you a couple threes. He's just one of those glue guys. I think I mentioned he was the glue guy, basically in the league. Uh, yeah, so that that's a huge deal for uh, for Milwaukee getting PJ Tucker. Um, if they wanted to play him at the five, like we've seen him be able to do, uh, that gives you a guy who can defend a whole lot better than Brook Lopez. He actually might be an upgrade, I think, at this point of Brook Lopez because he's definitely after a pretty tremendous season a couple of years ago has dropped off in his production a while ago. Definitely, he's getting a lot older, so his defense is going to slow down a whole lot. Um, so wasn't. Wasn't Brook Lopez on an all defensive team like last year or the year before? I think two years ago. I believe it might have been last year. Yeah, he was though. I think he was. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about that at this point (laughs) in his career, but um, that I think is a huge move. Getting a more athletic guy who can play defense and and score a little bit better than Brook Lopez if they wanted to do that, or if they wanted to play Giannis at the five, and then maybe PJ Tucker at the four. He's one of those positionless guys. He can really play any spot. So I like that. I like that trade for the Bucks, and I think that's another one that 
uh, Houston didn't really get a whole lot back from. Yeah. Um, Houston, it's been a rough year for them. Yeah. Oh my Not much has gone right. <laughs> Except unless they, unless the ping pong balls bounce their way, I guess, the end of the year. Could see Cade Cunningham go there. Don't say that. You know, <laughs> I, he needs to be in Detroit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I hope so too. Well, not not we, but Detroit needs him. Yeah. You know, but a trade that I think um, another magic trade was the Fournier to Boston mm-hmm. for just two seconds and Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague was kind of sliding out of the rotation anyway. Um, but I, Boston missed on Vucevic and Aaron Gordon, which both could have helped, I think. But Evan Fournier has been scoring about twenty a game and. Um, He's a sol- very solid player. You know, just know what you're going to get from him. He's going to go out there. He's going to score a couple buckets, more than a couple buckets, I guess. But, um, yeah, Boston has been sliding, too, this year. So, hopefully this could be a little pick-me-up for them. And I, I like Fournier, and it was a good trade, and they didn't have to give up too much for it. Speaking of Fournier, I'm just looking at the depth chart right now. They've got Fournier coming off the bench, which if you can get a guy like that, and I don't know how many points he's averaging, but we're about to find out nine. 18.7 on the season. Basically you get 20, a tw- yeah. yeah, you get a 20 point per game score off the bench for what? For two second round picks and Jeff T? I mean, I said it on um another podcast I was on this week, but if the Celtics, you know, maybe go into a little slide and then end up making that play in, I'm just saying I, if I am Philly, if I'm Milwaukee, if I'm Brooklyn, I I would not want to see Boston, you know, in the first round, especially now with Evan Fournier and they have that scoring punch off the bench. And plus, you know, they've still got Tatum, they've still got Brown, they've still got Walker. Fournier can kind of just come in and, you know, pick his spots. He has really, you know, there's obviously pressure on him to perform, but like, you know, when you've got those three guys ahead of you, I feel like, you know, he would just step in. Obviously, I don't know Evan Fournier, but if I were in his position, you know, my mind would kind of be put at ease. You know, you're going to a bit, you know, you're going to Boston, not just any team. You're going to the Boston Celtics. It's and a bit ev- different than the Magic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the the expectations they both are have a little... Parquet, uh, they both have parquet floors, right? Do the Magic still have those, that parquet floor? I don't know. I no, mean, I did. have. I think they do. Sorry, I haven't been watching that's a lot of a, Magic basketball. Yeah, that's, there's some familiarity there. And I don't assume you'd start now. Yeah. No. Well, unless Mo Bamba gets more playing time. That's the only time, thing I would That's, that's about it. Watch. You know, Gary Harris. Oh, yeah. that's true. That's true. That's true. Because, yeah, I mean, they don't have Aaron Gordon anymore. And I was yeah. like. No Vucevic, no Gordon. Uh, I think you, Cole Anthony's hurt. Yeah. You watch Cole Anthony. No Marco Fultz either. No, no, no Jonathan no Isaac. There's no draw. There's no team in Orlando right now. <laughs> I, I think a, a, point, a good point that you made about not wanting to see Boston, you could make the same point about the Lakers in the West. Like, mm-hmm. without AD and LeBron, they're, they don't look. Yeah, they're fourth right now. They don't, And they haven't looked good without them. Obviously, they're two of the best players in the world. And they're both out at the same time. But if they slide down and are in a playoff game or, or playing game or, or like maybe like a a lower seed, and then a team like Phoenix or Utah that works so hard all year, they finally get a good seed in the playoffs, and then you get it's a gone. healthy Lakers team in the first round. <laughs> that would suck. I hope. I and hope then that Thanos shows up with the Infinity Glove, the Infinity yeah. Gauntlet. I'd hope it's if, gone. If it, I I just hope the Suns don't get caught by that. That would be too bad. Yeah, especially, you know, with the Suns, I would feel most bad for Chris Paul right off the bat. Yeah. That's the first thing I would think of. I'd be he like, LeBron, come, come on, yeah. you're banana boat buddies. You can't let him. You got to let him have you, one. I'll say, you can't <laughs> let him have one? I mean, shoot. So another one I wanted, well, wait, no, we did talk about the Fournier one, so I had another one. L.A., the Clippers, not the Lakers, get Rajan, Rajan Rondo, there we go, speech, in exchange for Lou Williams and two second-round picks and a little bit of cash considerations. I mean, when I saw this deal, I was like, all that for Rajon Rondo? For I was leaving it. I thought Carter was going to bring it up. I want to hear his opinion. That's true, Mr. Hawks, man. <laughs> what are you? Well, yeah, yes, big I cheeky Lou, grin over Lou there. Lou Williams <laughs> is happy about those wings. He's about to be eating. Hey, them. that's true, ATL. <laughs> I don't really know what Lou Williams offers anymore, but I just know for sure it's a lot more than what I watched Rajon Rondo put me through. Because he barely even season. played. 
for the Hawks, didn't he? Rondo came off the. I mean, he came off the bench. He was a backup. It was like, but, oh my gosh, he didn't do anything positive. The guy can't it's score. It's not the playoffs yet. Oh, gosh, <laughs> we might not we have playoff that. I mean, Rondo. Yeah, we might not. We, we don't have playoff Rondo now, but that's okay. If playoff Rondo is any indication of what I saw in the couple of games that I watched Rondo play, I mean, a guy who really doesn't offer anything on either side of the ball. When I thought, I honestly didn't think he would play that much when he came in, but Chris Dunn getting hurt and Bogdanovich getting hurt for a while. He played a whole lot more than I thought he was going to, and it, and nobody warned me that it was going to be that bad. <laughs> but it's like when Trey goes out of the game and Rondo comes in, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go do something else. Yeah, I Lou could, was here. I before. could imagine how the yeah. offensive flow would change. I forgot about that actually. He was. Lou was in Atlanta before he tore his ECL that year that he was there, and I was like, oh, that's too bad. But now that he's back, I don't really know, you know, what he has left. I mean, obviously, I think not defense. No, gosh, that was never going to be the case. Got him. You know, get get DeAndre Hunter in there, Capella, Cam Reddish when he gets back. Hopefully Chris Dunn, too. I don't know where he's at. He just has never played. But this is a whole lot to give up for Rondo. I'll take the second-round picks. I'll take the money. Shoot, get Rondo yeah. off this team. I was, like, <laughs> in a little bit of jubilation just celebrating when Rondo was gone. I know that's kind of mean, but, like, gosh. How would you guys feel about the report that the Pistons turned down Bag- or Sadiq and for Bagley straight up? That just shows you how bad they messed up. Yeah, and it's not to say that I don't. I don't think that Sadiq Bay will be. You know, I think he's great. You know, I think he's going to be a great player. But the Pistons said no. They just straight up said no, giving up a guy who's played what like thirty some career games for a guy who's been in the league for three years. But that just shows you how not good Marvin Bagley is. Not just a guy who's been in the league for three years. A guy who was a second overall pick in. That was picked ahead of Luca and Trey Young. It was it, the Marvin Bagley pick was basically that thing that was like when the lottery had set and the Kings were second, people were like, watch them take Bagley lol, and then it actually happened. <laughs> the Kings are that it's like the impractical jokers meme where they're like behind <laughs> where they're like behind the, the camera. It's like, now take Marvin Bagley second. <laughs> and then they do it and they all just laugh. That's yeah. funny. I mean, just a note on Bagley too. One of the things that was a kind of, I mean, in high school, you know, you watch anyone's high school highlights. They look like the next coming of LeBron James. But, I mean, the one thing I noticed at Duke, he never used his right hand. Ever. He was a lefty. He never used his right hands. But, you know, he would still get it, he would still get it done in the college setting. But, like, going into the NBA, it's like, are you going to be a professional basketball player with one hand? You know, like, that's that's... The That's King. half your hands you're giving up, you know? That's a lot, so... The Kings should, uh... The King... I don't know what they're going to do. We don't know what the Kings <laughs> They're lucky they have again. Halliburton and Fox. But other than that, that franchise... Luke, I don't know why Luke Walton's still there. I have no idea. I mean, Marvin Bagley was, like, one of the... He's, like, ever since he's been in the league, his defense has not improved Oh, well, they're one of the worst all. defensive teams in the league ever. Like when They, he at plays, one point, were the worst defensive rating in history. That doesn't surprise me. He and can't defend anybody. so bad. I don't know. I mean, I, like... I. I would do the same thing if I was if I was Troy Weaver and they called me about Marvin Bagley and said, "Hey, we'll take Sadiq Bay if you want Marvin Bagley." I'm saying no, and I'm hanging up the phone. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing, but yeah. it's an indictment on that pick. Yeah, I yeah. Still... By the way, Sacramento is dead last in defensive rating, one sixteen. They fired Dave Yerger for. Yeah, I don't. I'd never understood that. For either. what? I never got it. And then they hired Luke Walton, which is even worse. <laughs> and he's and he's still employed. Good for him. I'm happy for him. But. <laughs> yeah, we'll s- we shall see how long that lasts in Gosh. Sacramento. So were there any other trades you guys want to maybe touch on just real quick before we get to some potential buyouts in the still available in the market? Well, the guys that didn't get traded, like... Lonzo That's a Ball, great idea. Lonzo Ball, <laughs> Kyle Lowry, John Collins was on the market for mm-hmm. a little while. How do you feel about John Collins? Do you want, like, in terms of keeping him or trading him? To me, I'm not giving a guy a max when he's, like, the fourth option on this team and he doesn't really facilitate. He still doesn't defend that well. You know, he's, like, an 18-8 and eight guy. Last season, I would have. But this season, he hasn't done that. You know, he hasn't he hasn't shown me that he's a max guy. But if they're not going to give him the max, I figured that they were going to keep him through the trade deadline, and basically they were going to evaluate after the season. Uh, if they're going to get, if you're going to let him go, you got to get something for him. That's what I think. Or he's got to do 
less than the max. Because I'm not if I'm if I'm Travis Schlink, I'm not giving him a max. I agree. I don't yeah. think he's a max. Well, I don't think a lot of people were max players. They got the max deal, but but I wouldn't I wouldn't give it to John Collins. I mean, I they they were they were putting his they were put his name out there during the trade deadline. That was a report I saw is that they they offered him up to teams and they just got nothing good back. And that's kind of what I figured would happen is they they'd hold on to him. Um, but I think that's an interesting decision. I think that's why they signed Gallinari. I think that's why they drafted Okongwu. They get basically an established guy in Gallinari at the four. You get a potential guy. They also, I don't know about Capella with Okongwu. I mean, you have Capella, you trade for Capella. Okongwu comes off the bench for a Best while. Best rebounder in the league right now, Capella. I know. He's been, he's been really good. He's been a lot more than what I expected. I've been a fan of what he's done. Um, but John Collins is just I I don't know, you know? I don't know. He's good and all. Yeah, he's also only twenty three. He was yeah. born it's kinda crazy. He's born the same year as my sister, nineteen ninety seven. That's yeah. that's scary. <laughs> I know. We're older than yeah, that the fact that like teams. we're getting to that point of like like most of the college players are younger than we are. Yes, yeah. Which I hate that. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm 22, but like, there's a big difference between me at 22 and John Collins at 23. <laughs> I just want to know where it went wrong. That's you, all. You got a year to get there. That's yeah, true. There yeah. <laughs> Give me one year to get to 6'9, 235. Beautiful. But um, Kyle Lowry, too. We'll touch on him a little bit. I mean, a lot of people basically had him as a write in to go to Philly. Yeah. And Miami. That did not, yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought Philly would get him though. I and thought the, they were that close. And both the LA teams were reported to make a run at him too. I, I, I feel really like when talking push. about trades too, both like the LA teams and Boston are basically <laughs> like always there. in every single conversation. But the you Celtics can't go are without them. The Celtics are always that almost team. That's like true. Danny Ainge is always almost making the that Danny deal, Age memes on Twitter. They're like, so good of him. Like, <laughs> uh, it's like I thought about making trades today. I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, they. I can't believe that they went. That they. Uh, I mean, they, don't get me wrong. They have a good team and two of the best wings in the league. But like four or five years ago, when they stockpiled all these picks, and it was Boston, you thought they're they're built. They're going to build a championship level team that's going to be a championship level team for a long time, and they just haven't been able to do that. But Lonzo, uh, like you guys brought up, Lonzo didn't get traded, and he was being shopped around a lot. I really thought um, he would have made a lot of sense on the Bulls. And I wanted to see that, but um, it didn't happen. So I, I'm a big fan of Lonzo, and I hope that um, wherever he ends up or if he stays in New Orleans that he continues to get the credit he deserves because he's, he's really changed his game since college and changed the way people view him and uh, changed his shot and everything. And he's just uh, an all-world defender on the perimeter, and now he's able to knock down a shot. And he's just a guy that – can help pretty much any team. So he's got a great feel Shout for out the Lonzo. game. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, for all the people, I just oof the the Lonzo hate like through the especially his rookie year. Oh my goodness, the Nobody amount. Gave him a shot. Uh, I mean, I, obviously the expectations were huge, right? Were like, but, but like but at still. the same time, I'm just like, dude, like he's a he's a 20 year old kid playing yeah. against men. Like yeah, there's going to be an adjustment period, of course, because I think he's handled everything so well, like with yeah, his family, yeah. and then goodness, like yeah. all that pressure and playing in LA at first too. Yeah, yeah, I think he's just done a great job. Yeah, I mean, you look at his career stats. I mean, this year up to 14 points a game. He's improved his scoring. Well, except from his first year to his second year. How's he, he shooting? How's his free throw shooting? Because I know that he struggled with that. He used to be seventy six point seven percent. That's much not, better than yeah. it used to be. Yeah, it He's jumped a much improved. Player. Last year it was fifty six point six percent, and yeah, twenty percent increase. I knew it was better. I didn't know it was that much better. Also, his three point percentage has gone up every year as well, from thirty point five in his first year, thirty two point nine, jumped to thirty seven and a half, and now it is thirty eight and a half, and with that. His field goal percentage has risen every year except for his second and third year, which it went down by 0.3%. It's crazy to me that someone can get all the way to the NBA with the same type of shot, then completely change it and be effective. Like, it doesn't look even, Mm -hmm. the release looks the same, but like, uh, getting there, getting to a shot looks completely different. Like, um, 
and I, I give him a lot of credit for restructuring that entire shot, and, and now he's shooting at about a 40% clip, like you said. Oh yeah, Lonzo said. I was like, I almost forgot. Are you looking? (laughs) Lonzo said uh, last year after the bubble, he said, "Make sure y'all post my stuff next year too," referring to his stat line. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm hoping that we can. You know, I think it's probably much better. I mean, it is much better. Yeah. And uh, I think that this is another situation of people were too quick to write off a player. You know, it doesn't. It's not. Not every player is going to be a star right away. Same and, that happened with Kyle Lowry too when he was in Houston and took a while for yeah, him to yeah. and break now, out. Now, now he's, I don't think it's really an argument. I think he's the greatest Raptor of all time mm-hmm. and mm, yeah, Hall of Famer. So yeah, give him like Jalen Brown wasn't great at first. Yeah, yeah. People were really mm-hmm. that's what I've learned him when I but now he's an All Star. Not that I'm old or anything, but like when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, I used to be the guy that would just one bad season or a couple bad games. I would just. Have all the oh, hot takes. Liam was now, a hater. Yeah, I was. <laughs> now I've grown to. I've uh, wait. I'm more patient and realize that it doesn't happen right away for everyone. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm more of a patient type of guy with a lot of people. I'm the complete opposite. I'm like just keep just give this guy one more year. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Green's that's, breakout that's, season is coming. <laughs> that's that's me. Sometimes yeah, that's what kind of hurts me sometimes on these players is just like defending them, defending them, <laughs> defending them, and then they still don't break out, and you just look like a moron for trying to be you know trying to be optimistic. I'm but still like, holding on to Mo Bamba, and I'm going to. Yeah, I have friends that are already giving up on Killian, so I have to tell them. That is, oh my gosh, he is. That dude is, is dude is so nineteen unfair. with no training camp or summer league and play like ten games. My my and rule him, and then is, he got hurt. yeah, you, like give him a break. I'm not giving up on anyone under twenty five. Yeah, no one. Yeah, everyone could still break out. Even like we said, yeah, Kyle Lowry took till was like what twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty to really break out. And I mean, like especially now, like the way I think about it, like. I also used to be a hater, Liam, especially for my hometown teams. I, you know, huge, just it's pretty easy when you're from Detroit. Yeah, yeah, for real. But um, oh shoot, where was I going? Where? Oh yeah. If like it kind of started like in high school, where I'm like, wow, like I'm only four years younger than these guys. You know, if I was in their position, it kind of just makes you think like. You know, being a 20-year-old kid, 21, 22, playing against grown men in a game. It's like seeing people like Zion, you know, like they adjusted to the game it, like immediately. Exactly. I mean, but not everyone could be Zion. Yeah, so people, like, so, so LaMelo did too. Yeah, right? so people hold them to that standard of like, oh, every every rookie has to be this. Like, look, Michael like, Carter-Williams won Rookie of the Year and now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, no disrespect. I think people. He's a, a rotation player in the NBA. He's fine, but. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of times where things, uh, some people peak, some people, um, like, take a while to get there, and some people are just superstars right away. I think Everyone's people, different. Yeah, I think people have done it for Anthony Edwards. Like, he got wrote, he got written off yeah, like, first pretty month. quickly. And like, oh, it's, he's done. But then after the couple, you know, he there are a couple guys. Like, the, the talent with Anthony Edwards, the athleticism, his feel for the game, his, abil- his ability to shoot is still coming along. Uh, we saw him have what was like forty two the other night or something mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, and he got cut off in the interview after it. I remember that. I was like, what was that? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was um there are some things like I never wrote him off, but there's some things mm-hmm. with him that people were criticizing, like he was kind of lazy and obviously those things can change too. Mm-hmm. But those are those are criticisms that I think are more fair than someone like going out there trying and just not things just aren't working the way they want them to. But like Anthony Edwards was like blowing assignments on defense, he kind of would just stand in the corner a lot if he didn't have the ball on offense. But now he's, um, that could be coaching too. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it could be a lot of things. But now he seems more active and and he's proving to be. I mean, he could, he might be the front runner for rookie of the year right now. I think he is now, now. that Lamelo's hurt. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah. things change. There's a better way to say it, D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so we are right around. Probably a few minutes here. Let me just. Okay. Yep. We are at about 53 minutes, so we can go over these pretty quick. That was good. The trade deadline brought to you by Courtside Convo. (laughs) But there are still some moves that can be made. Buyouts, 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 buyouts. The first one that I saw, Cleveland and Andre Drummond 
working on a buyout as the center will listen to pitches from six teams despite Yahoo Sports only then listing five teams, them being the New York Knicks, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Celtics, and the Hornets. I don't know if maybe that sixth team would be to stay in Cleveland, but I highly doubt Andre would want to stay in Cleveland. If he didn't want to be in Detroit, he does... You don't want to be in Cleveland, you know. Same like thing. It's, it's As Joe Kim Noah said. Down south. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You go on vacation in Cleveland? You ever heard of you someone like say it? Cleveland's fun? You like <laughs> it? You think Cleveland's cool? So I think you... I, yeah, I think Andre Drummond end up, ends up uh, with the Lakers. And then the Lakers fans uh, will act like he's prime wilt. So like, oh my gosh, look, we're so unstoppable now. It's like, have you watched Andre Drummond play? Can't wait to see the edits of him, LeBron, and AD. Oh gosh. Yeah. Especially have you seen... I've seen firsthand when LeBron or LeBron when Andre Drummond quits mid game. Yeah, I've watched it. I'm just gonna plenty say I'm of glad, times. I'm which glad stinks, I'm not a but... fan of any of these five teams in because uh, I know I'd get my hopes up and be like, oh, he can rejuvenate his career here. I just don't. I don't think he's a winning player. And yeah, I mean, if 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 they put him in a role where he's strictly a pick and roll big, catching lobs, grabbing rebounds, and then if if they don't run. If they run zero offense through him, then he can be fine. But he's going to want a lot more money. He's going to want the ball. Yeah, I mean, plus you would think, like, he would develop his offensive repertoire by now. Maybe be able to hit a jump shot. Let's see. I got to find how old he is, but. He's still relatively young. He's, what, 26, 27, maybe? Uh Uh-oh, it's about giving up time. No, but, (laughs) um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll never forget the first playoff, or no, yes, it was. Game three of the first, play, it was the first playoff game at LCA, and probably about halfway through the second quarter, everyone in the stadium knew Andre Drummond quit. It gave up. Yeah. That was the same game Blake came back after he shouldn't have. And- yeah, and it was just like, oh my gosh, like the people around us, I was just like holding it in, but like my one thing like that I get, my biggest pet peeve is watching players quit like that, watching them not play hard. Because one, you're in the playoffs especially. I mean, isn't this what you worked all season for? Two, you're paid millions to play a game. I wish, I wish, oh my gosh, the things I would give to be an NBA player and these guys go out there and, for lack of a better term, they half-ass it. I mean, it makes me so... When they do that, it makes me like. Of course, not every player goes out there and quits like that. But I mean, mm-hmm. just watching players not give their max effort, especially when you like, I know they're not giving their max effort. It just it makes my skin crawl. It really grinds my gears. If you couldn't tell, but um, some other people on the buyout market, Lamarcus <laughs> Aldridge, one of those dudes who, once again, Boston, Miami, right in the forefront there and there's also it says on this USA Today article that there was quote talk at one time about Portland or about Aldridge rejoining Portland which would be also be very interesting so do you guys see LaMarcus Aldridge heading somewhere else I think Miami and I think that he might take some of Achua's minutes just because now, I like Achua and I think he'll be good but for a team that's trying to win I think a veteran presence like Aldridge would would be helpful. Portland, I don't I couldn't imagine I couldn't imagine Aldridge and Mello on the same team, let alone on the floor together. That'd be funny. Yeah. I just don't see it. And, and Portland would be cool because obviously, um, coming back to where he started. But I just don't see that happening. I think Miami is where he'll end up. And I think in the same way like uh Iguodala and and others, um I think that he he'll Find a little bit left in the tank, and, and I don't think it'll add too much, but I think it'll help a little bit off the bench. I mean, it can't hurt to add a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge. No, it can't. I mean, he's not the same anymore, but he's right. still a guy who's a veteran and fits that. Uh, he'll fit right in there. Like, he knows what it takes. He's been doing it for for a while now, and uh, he just it just seems like he wants to go to a place that is uh, competing for a championship, which is probably why he wanted out of San Antonio this year. So I think that would be a good match for him and the Heat. San Antonio is one of that one is one of those teams that is trying to start another youth movement, I think. They're still competing, but I think they're another one of those teams that 
wants to get their young guys more minutes. And... I also trust them more than most teams doing yeah. that, that organization. Yeah. Especially with that man still there on the sideline. You know, he's Greg Popovich, yes, sir. He's gonna be I swear he's gonna be there till he has an oxygen tank, and even then he'll probably still be on the sideline, but go ahead, Carter. I think I agree. I think Miami's a great spot for him. Um Precious Achiwa is gonna be a good player. I definitely agree. Um he's just a rookie. So if you want to cut his minutes just a little bit, you get a guy who's a little bit more uh tuned to winning, then that's a pretty good move for them. Uh Aldridge in a bench role would be pretty good, I think. I don't think he's starting on any of the teams that he listed. No, no he's he's definitely a bench guy in any of those teams. Um, he can get you a couple buckets, whether that's in the paint or just outside the paint. Yeah, pick and pop with Aldridge. Um, we know he likes to uh, get those switches onto guards and shoot mid ranges on him. I love yeah. that that he always that he never takes advantage of those mismatches. Like if he has like a point guard switched on him, he's still gonna shoot instead of backing them down. Aldridge has always been funny to me in that way, but he he has always been a pretty good player. But uh, at this point, he's he's one of those veterans. He reminds me, and not, not play style at all, but like a Blake Griffin, like yeah, like kind of in the twilight of his career, still semi effective, but um, just like a locker room guy and a guy that can, if 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 anything else, just help out the young guys on that team, especially and even Achua, like. I know that Bam and Jimmy are there, and obviously I'm not saying that they don't help him, but just can't hurt to add that guy to a locker room. How did it feel that Blake dunked with his first points in Brooklyn? Um, I mean, I was happy for was him, that... but I don't know. <laughs> and I... Speed dunked on someone, too, his first did game. Did he really? Okay. Wow. Yeah, he th- th- like, kind of nasty dunk. Blake's was just like yeah, a he dunk, just came down. which was still, he hasn't done it in two yeah. years. But I don't know. I saw how to do that. Speed went up and <laughs> Take a it shot. might have been Grayson Allen he dunked on someone on Memphis. But I, yeah, I don't know what's up with people leaving Detroit and getting twenty inches on their vertical. Yeah, grass, whatever. Did you did you see that thing Blake Griffin said about Detroit when he left about how it was like his like an ex girlfriend's family? You don't have to pretend to like them anymore when you're out of the relationship. And I, I saw something like that, and I was like, yeah. Did he really say I, that? I, I oh, can wow. find it. I oh, can wow. find it. I know it was. I'm almost <laughs> positive it was Hoops Wire or Hoops Hype, but that's pretty. F- He's a comedian. I mean, that's he funny, is. but it's like, oh, damn. But then it's like, you know. I don't have any hard feelings for him. I kind of do after that. I mean, <laughs> you, I've heard worse. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And he did. He It wasn't like he, like, dogged it here. He played hard. That's true. And I, he fought through a bunch of injuries. So I don't, I don't, it doesn't really bother me that much. I think uh, it's just a sad, sad and happy time for Detroit. Not the Stafford thing setting in and watching him dunk. So there's hope, I think. Yeah, there is, but it also I had hope when we traded for him. Not when Detroit traded for him that uh could be like a three to six seed in the East for a couple of years and they just never got close to that. But I hope I hope he gets his ring, I hope Chris Paul gets a ring, and I hope Derek Rose gets a ring. I think that no matter where the Pistons land in the lottery, like if they're in the top five, I imagine they'd end up in the top five. But you never know with, with how Detroit luck goes with uh, the lottery. But I think if they land in the top five, they're getting a good player. No yeah, matter where. Top, I yeah. mean, Cade, uh, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, Kuminga, I think those are the top five guys. And I think that you land any of those guys and you've got yourself a cornerstone player for a while. I agree. I'm excited. All right. So we are just out of bat. At about one hour and three minutes. Um, was there anything? There's a few guys still left on this buyout market. Was there, or just any last thoughts in general we wanted to throw out there? One guy that I loved from the 2019 draft class is finally getting the chance to play, and that's Nick Claxton for yeah. the Nets oh, out of Georgia. Yeah. That guy can defend his tail off, dude. He's the, the way perfect he center moves, for them. He is awesome. I'm glad he's getting. He's on the Pistons for a second, wasn't he? I thought the Nets draft. Claxton? Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe. But I remember telling my buddy who's a Warriors fan, and I remember saying, this he would be great here. Just and then they drafted running. Jordan Poole, and then I laughed. But he's been pretty good, too, though. Jordan <laughs> yeah, Poole's he's not doing better. bad. But just, I think you know, Claxton. I think Claxton's I love, awesome. Yeah, Claxton's just yeah. a rim-running center. And, uh, I just wanted to give him a shout-out. Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, he's huge for them, and uh, he was hurt at the beginning of the year, but now kind of coming into his own, and he's been a big help. It's kind of crazy that Nick 
we, on a team full of stars, we're talking about Nick Claxton as the X Factor. <laughs> <laughs> but he is. That's my brand is just those, shouting out no, those he, guys. He, he, I agree. He, you watch the games when he comes out, when that bench unit is in, he does make a big impact. And He's probably he the adds, best. He had something that they don't have, like – they had an older DeAndre Jordan, but he's not as bouncy or as quick as as Claxton is. He's now. probably better than DeAndre Jordan at this point. Jordan just like plays like the first six minutes of the game, and I don't feel like I don't see him anymore. Yeah, they kind of just run Claxton out there. He didn't really protect the rim anymore. I think Claxton can defend the rim a little better than he can. Yeah, it's all about the youth movement, you know. <laughs> all right, so this was a great episode, boys. Very happy as always to record. On Fridays at 5.15, the time is about now 6.31, but from the Impact 88.9 FM studios in Holden Hall on the beautiful campus of Michigan State, Bobby Zephro, Carter Landis, Liam Jackson, we will see you all next Friday. Thanks for listening. Listening to Courtside Convo, a production of Impact 89 FM. Our thanks to Impact's general manager, Jeremy Whiting, station manager, Amber Kinutsky, and programming director, McKenna Lowndes. Tune in next time for more updates on NBA basketball 